the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Mark Warner is here, international trade lawyer. Tamara Cherry with Pickup Communications, also author of The Trauma Beat. And Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Um, two of the three of you are ratepayers in the city of Toronto. So let's start with this eye-popping figure. 10.5% is what one source at City Hall is telling us will be in the budget in terms of a property tax hike. Uh, Tim Hudak, I'll start with you. Well, it's outrageous, but it's not a surprise. Can you be both outrageous and, and not surprising? There, there was, there was no doubt that uh, that Mayor Chow, knowing her track record, and those that support her on council, were going to look to uh, fleece taxpayers for much as they could. There was no talk about any kind of savings, no kind of rearranging of services, no talk about making unions more efficient, deliver higher quality services. So I'm, I'm mad about it, yeah. But did I fully expect it? Yeah, I probably would have pin this one from the get-go when she ran for mayor. Mark Warner, is this the, the price we pay for the very sweet idea of um, rate hikes at the rate of inflation, which actually didn't keep up with the rate of expenditure? Um, well, <laughs> I agree with everything that Tim just said, to be honest with you. I think that, I think Toronto's problem is we've never really ma- managed to deal with the labor issues, the, the unions, we pay them too much. Nobody's willing to do that. You know, we did have one back with the first uh, Mayor Miller thing where we had the review and people love to forget that they took wages and labor out of the review and that's the biggest line item so you can't have a serious conversation about budget of any public government sector uh any kind of government like that a budget like that if you're not willing to talk about that and that's always taken off the table and i do think you have to you, you can't you have to look at what you're actually spending money on I, if, if I thought that we, that this that these, this is a, a a council that was actually willing to have a serious conversation of what are we doing? Can we be doing less in some areas? You know, then I, I could sort of match up the increase. It was not that much higher than John Tory's. I mean, yeah, let's, I always say John Tory was Miller light, and I always expected Chow to be, you know, the return of Miller uh, with Sally Carroll there. So no big surprise. Um, you have to fight them in the next election. Tamara Cherry, I was mentioning two out of three panelists are ratepayers in Toronto. You're the one who isn't. You must be uh, kind of happy to be rid of this kind of uh, tax increase. I think that we pay higher, much higher property taxes here in Regina, Saskatchewan than you guys pay in Toronto. So, I mean, honestly, I, I'll just say, let's just see how exactly the cookie ends up, ends up crumbling in this. There's still a long way to go. And um, I think that, of course, there are going to be tax hikes to come. But this double digit increase, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen because the affordability crisis that is happening right now problem is the city has the same affordability price crisis so i mean you you have you have to you have to expect some pain but let's just see i think it's too early to say just after the news at seven we were talking with a toronto city councillor who is pushing a motion he wants police to be given more direction essentially on how to deal with these recurring protests and in particular on the avenue road overpass and uh, i'll start with uh, mark warner on this one uh do you agree first of all with the contention that protest these days is very different i mean you were part of anti-apartheid protesting back in the day but that wasn't something that happened every single day uh, no i don't agree with that i don't I, in fact I, I don't agree with that at all i think we protested a lot, not just anti-apartheid stuff, but also around police shooting and police violence and 
you know, I think people have forgotten this. Um, because I think what's interesting in both cases is people, the ideas that people were protesting have now become mainstream. <laughs> so people and institutions like the one we're on now, I mean, this was, uh, you know, this was ground zero in the opposition to both of those issues back in the day. person sitting in your chair, I'm sure, had lots of negative things to say about protesters back in the day. And, um, you know, now people, now that they're mainstream, everyone's forgotten that they hated protesters. They loved the ideas, of, you know, <laughs> both cases, and they're all part of the movement. Nobody ever recognized their face, but we're all too kind to say that. So, no, there's nothing new about this. And, uh, you know, we the Highway of Heroes, remember that one? I think that's the same overpass people went over. So uh, the problem with freedom of speech is you really can't pick and choose. So you're going to have to decide, are you going to, is there something that is offensive? And we have laws to deal with that if people are being violent. But part of the problem with this particular issue is people are trying to extend the definition we've talked about in previous shows of what actually is illegal and what is actually hateful. And it's the extension of those issues, I think, that's causing the difficulty. If we just treated this like a normal issue where we treated apartheid or police shooting protests, it'd be nothing particularly. People would be uncomfortable. They wouldn't like it, but they wouldn't, uh, I think, uh, be all this uh, um, fewer about it. It's funny, in uh, Mark Warner's remarks, all of a sudden it brought to mind uh, the famous scene from the movie of Al Cap, the cartoonist, picking a fight with John Lennon and Yoko Ono at their bed in for peace and calling them a bunch of useless hippies. But anyway, let's keep talking. Uh, Tamara <laughs> Cherry, do you believe that police need new instructions or new powers in order to break these protests up, or is this the price of a free society? I mean, I think that police would love for somebody in the government to stand up and say, this is what people are allowed to do. This is what police have been instructed to do because they are operating in a bunch of different gray zones that are created on one hand by the laws that we have. And like Mark just said, and I completely agree, you can't make exceptions here or there. You know, if free speech is free speech, you know, but on the other hand, they are they're operating within the confines of what is acceptable to society. So let's imagine that these, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to go there, never mind. Um, but I, I think that we as a society need to have a real conversation about what we are okay with and what we aren't okay with. Are we okay with people walking down the street with a Nazi flag? Are we okay with somebody waving a flag that that is calling for the death of our prime minister? We have seen all sorts of things in recent years. I think absolutely we need to have a conversation. And again, I think that that would, that would be very fair for police if, if we could have people other than police standing up and saying, this is what people are allowed to do. This is what we have tasked our officers with because they've really been caught in an, in an awful situation in, in many cases these, in recent months. Tim Hudak, your thoughts? I'll volunteer for the committee, John. I'm okay. happy to put the rules out there. Uh, I'll bring I'll bring Warner along with me uh, <laughs> as well. Look, and, and I've been on the receiving end far more than the giving end when it comes to public protests. I've always been, but despite that, I was always a free speech advocate. People should have the right to protest and bring their point forward. We should be very guarded in putting restrictions on them. But over time, I've watched this uh, evolve, and uh, this is why I'm happy to help draw the line. I, I am very concerned about protests in front of people's residences. We've seen that with Mayor Tory. We've seen that with Kathleen Wynne, for example. I think it goes way too far. There's plenty of places for public protest against public figures and not on the sidewalk in neighborhoods. And I am concerned about the interference in infrastructure. We've seen protests on railway lines by way uh, of example, on uh, gas and, and oil pipelines, and, and now highway overpasses. 
and let's be clear, this is targeted to intimidate the Jewish community on the Avenue Road protest. Why else would they pick Avenue Road of all places? And it is also a distraction to drivers. So I'm happy to help draw those lines. Protest, fill your boots. But when you're interfering dramatically, like overrunning the gardeners like the Tamil protests, that's a line too far. Okay, so let's turn to a uh, case study. And Tamara, I'll start with you on this one. A store clerk in Peterborough, guy comes in, swings a baseball bat at him, presumably a holdup. The guy actually wrests the bat away from him. The assailant flees the store, and the clerk runs outside and gives him a good beating. I suppose stuff like this in a Dirty Harry kind of way is very satisfying, but it was pointed out by <laughs> one of our legal experts earlier in the show that the guy didn't, I see it was Mark Mendelssohn, the guy didn't get bail, so even the magistrate must have thought this was pretty extreme. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I, I presume, much more to the story than meets the eye in, in both the Peterborough Police news release and the CP24 article that, that we all read this morning. Um, we haven't seen video of this. I mean, bottom line, if somebody is running away um, and you go after them and you start beating them, like you are breaking the law. So I don't, is this guy, just on the surface of these allegations, is this guy going to be locked up and, and have prison time for years and years? Like, no, probably not. But is there more to this story as well? Like, was there, I don't, we don't know. We're getting into speculation and uh, bottom line, you're not allowed to do this sort of thing. And as much as it sucks and as much as he might have many supporters in court with him, um, I think that we just, we just, yeah, you got it. You, you have to follow the law. Wait for, okay. Mark Warner, let me ask you, would it be considered a mitigating factor when somebody's attacked and then they fight back, but then they maybe go too far? I don't really think so as the law. I mean, maybe to sentencing and what you do with that, but the law, I think, is pretty straightforward. As, as, as Tamara's done a pretty good job of summarizing it, I think, is that, you know, up until the point the person started running away, that, you know, the use of force to stop the infraction that was going on was justified. But uh, once you, you, you run away, you follow them and then you beat them with it, I think you're way beyond what our law normally allows. But will you get a, a stiff sentence from that? I think Tamara's right, unlikely. And, uh, well, let me turn it over to Tim Hudak. You get the last word. Uh, well, I'll break the tip. I'm with the bat guy. I, like, I can't help but be sympathetic for this clerk whose attack with the bat hits, and he chases a guy and takes a few strikes back. I'm sympathetic to, to, to people who take that kind of action. Do, do I think there should be without limits? No, uh, of course not. You mentioned Dirty Harry. This is an insight into Hudak's psychology. My dad used to sit me down and watch Dirty Harry movies from the 1970s, which I guess informed my view of the justice system. I do think we should have some margin, John, to be serious, more about this, of the sort of stand-your-ground laws. Not the extent they have in the States, but if somebody breaks into your house, somebody attacks you, you should have some right to self-defense when defending your own property or your life. We started our discussion talking about taxation. Now we can talk about expenditures. And I guess my question to you is, uh, am I being a little bit too nostalgic when I hear that Toronto's Harbourfront Centre is basically on its knees and on its way to becoming another Ontario place, which is basically losing its cause and going out of business? Mark Warner? I haven't been to Harbourfront in so long, so I'm not surprised they're losing money. Yeah. Be, oh God. Um, you know, I, I, I think like a lot of these things, it's expanded and its mission. It doesn't have a clear mission, it seems to me. They seem to own a lot of property, probably more than they, they need to. And so, 
You know, I, one of the funniest lines in this story, I thought, was when someone said, last year we made the difficult decision to operate within our means. says everything I think you need to know. I mean, I, it, what happens with a lot of these organizations is they just start taking on a lot, a lot of ideas and everyone's got a great idea and um, you know and there's a there's a limit to what government can give and there's a limit to what you can raise from the public sector and so somehow you the two things have to match your ambition and and your ability to finance your ambition okay so tim hudak is it time for us to kind of kiss toronto harbor front center goodbye and say you had a good run uh, or maybe free them up, right? I, I don't fully know their, their governance structure, but it, it screams of governmentitis, right? Too much involvement by too many layers of government, an unwieldy board structure, and as Mark put it quite well, you know, no clear uh, set of priorities, but all things to all people. I was the minister responsible for Ontario Place at, at one point in time. I saw that as, as well there, uh, where, you know, a government-run uh, amusement park, heavily restricted and regulated, uh, just started fading away. You've got to free these things up. They've got valuable property. They probably have enormous potential. I just think my first reaction would be unshackle them and see what they can do. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Tim Hudak, Mark Warner, and Tamara Cherry. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.